Welcome to Midweek in the Word, where each week we seek to become better readers, hearers, and doers of God's Word. This podcast is brought to you by Faith Bible Church in Lincoln, Nebraska. Now, here is your host, Faith Bible Church's Adult Ministries Pastor, Pastor Brad Myers. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to Midweek in the Word. Thanks so much for taking the time to join us for another episode and for being along for the ride. Uh, Hopefully, you listened into last week and you enjoyed our wrap-up of our What Does the Bible Say About series here on the podcast as we covered that over the course of the last few months. Um, And before we move into our next series, before we launch into where we're going next, I want to take another week and I want to slow down and highlight another ministry area here at the church. Um, This week, I'd like to talk about the missions ministry of Faith Bible Church. So today, I'm excited to be joined by not one, but two guests on the podcast. Mike Hertzler, Faith Bible Church's Body Life and Missions Pastor. Uh, Welcome to the podcast, Mike. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's good to have you back. That should sound like a familiar voice, listeners, as Mike's been on the podcast before, as has Elizabeth Carlson, our missions deacon. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome back to the podcast, Elizabeth. I appreciate both of your willingness to step on to join us for this conversation. Uh, We'll have both of you jump in here in just a moment. But before we get to that, let me just remind you listeners that Tom was in Hebrews 3, wrapping up the end of that chapter in verses 7 through 19 this last Sunday, um, talking as we move through that Hebrews study. Uh, Remember that if you've missed any of those messages, you can always find those on our website, faithbiblelincoln.org. If you hit that resources tab and then hit the sermons series button, you can always find those podcasts or those episodes, those messages if you've missed them. Um, You can also search for Faith Bible Church Lincoln, Nebraska, wherever you get your podcasts. Find the podcast feed with the black background and the white letters and find all of our sermons. If you miss a week, you can always catch up on any of those messages as we move through Hebrews. Now, listeners, as I mentioned before, uh, this month we'll be taking a look at the church's missions ministry. It's likely an area you've heard about before, but I would encourage you to keep listening, though, because there's probably a lot going on here that you aren't too familiar with here in this missions area. So first, Elizabeth and Mike, I I know both of you have been on the podcast before, but we've had some new listeners probably jump on since you were on last. So I'd like you to briefly introduce yourselves again for our listeners. Uh, So remind us a little bit, what is your one-minute testimony and how how did you end up in your current role at the church? Okay, well, I um, was raised by Christ- my parents who really took seriously um, God's command to teach His Word to their children, and so I um, grew up hearing God's Word from uh, as long as I can remember. Mm. Um, when I was four years old, I have a very clear memory of doing something wrong. I don't remember what the wrong thing was, <laughs> um, but I remember my mom taking me aside to discipline me and just talking to me about how that was sin and explaining about how my sin separated me from God at that moment. And it was very real to me because I was very aware mm. at that moment that mm. I was a sinner. And um, so when she explained about um, how Christ had died for my sins, I'd heard that before, but at that moment it really clicked and I knew yeah. I needed a Savior. Yeah, good deal. And then you became the missions deacon at Faith Bible when? Um, I don't remember, a couple of years ago. I um, have been involved in missions at Faith Bible since um, for the last 16 years. Oh. I think it was 16 and a half years. Um, and then gra- I guess gradually kind of increased my role in that. And then when Faith officially got deacons, that's when I officially became a deacon. Very good, which would have been in the pre-COVID era. So it two and a half years ago, something, some, something like that. Very good. Mike, how about you? Yeah, um, my testimony is a lot different. Um, I was a freshman at UNL when I first um, was invited, actually invited to a church. 
that preached the gospel. I'd grown up in a mainline church, um, never really heard the gospel, never understood mm-hmm. the gospel. It was never presented to me in our home. I had a great home. Love, mother and father loved us dearly, um, cared for us, but the gospel was not evident in our home at all. So I had a friend in the neighborhood who was one of those, um, his family attended the church every time the doors were open, and John wasn't necessarily excited about being there, so he invited me to go with him. Um, and I'm thankful for a sovereign Lord who took me there at that time. Who um, There was a youth pastor that took some interest in me, um, wanted me to hear the gospel, and really some dear saints there, um, Beth Barr, Ruth Johnson, Maureen Burchett, some women who um, taught me a lot about prayer. They were prayer warriors. And so they were instrumental, I believe, in praying that. So I'd heard the gospel there for the first time. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I placed my faith and trust in, in Christ. I um, wish maybe it would have been at four years old, but God being sovereign, he knew the perfect timing for that. Yeah. And then you've been on faith how many years? Remind me. Uh, a little over 25 on Very staff. Good. And done almost every role here at the every church. Every role. And avoiding preaching. That's, that's Have it. done that about a half a dozen times. I have a that. memory of that. That yes. was a half dozen too many. So, yeah. yeah. And your current role includes what, Mike? You know, it's a catch-all, huh? right? You would probably agree <laughs> with that. It's called Body Life, but I oversee um, missions, have the privilege of doing that with Elizabeth and a missions team. Um, I deal with a lot of marriages, pre-marriage, um, a lot of marriages that find their... their um, I guess their relationships in a crisis uh, many times. Mentor young men, young couples. So in, in charge, oversee benevolence, internal and external. Well, maybe we'll get the opportunity to dig into that body life component in a later episode. But for now, I want to focus on the missions element, which is why you're both here together. <clears throat> and I don't know how often both of you uh, in, in conversations run into this, but I find that when, I, when I'm talking to people, a lot of times I find that they have some concept for what they think missions is. Um, but often they don't know exactly how it works. So I want to take a little bit of time, and I want to slow down and talk about missions. Um, so what all does missions mean at Faith Bible Church? What all is included in that? Well, that's something that we've spent a lot of time discussing and um, looking at the Bible, looking at the resources, and trying to understand what, what actually is missions and what are we called to do. Yeah. Um, and so we've actually come up with a definition for missions, that it's the work of the church in reaching a cross-cultural religious, ethnic, and geographic barriers to advance the work of making disciples of all nations. So basically, it's just sending people to cross those barriers to preach the gospel to people who otherwise would never hear because there isn't the church where they are yet. Um, And I think that is maybe a concept that a lot of people aren't familiar with, um, is that there are places in this world where there aren't Christians who can share the gospel. So we would contrast missions with... um, Local evangelism, which we feel is very important, but as far as local evangelism goes, that's bringing the gospel to the unsaved people in our own context. Mm. So right here in Lincoln, Nebraska, we have churches. We have good churches. We have a lot of Christians. We have a lot of Christian resources, Mm. and we as believers in Christ are right here. So we can take the gospel to people. We know that the work here isn't done. There's a lot yeah. of people who need to hear that gospel. Yeah. So we have the responsibility to be taking the gospel to the people who are around us. But when we look at missions, um, that's talking about people who aren't going to hear the gospel because there isn't somebody, a neighbor who's a Christian. There isn't a mm. church in their area. There isn't Christian resources that they can go. So in order for those people to actually hear the gospel, we have to have somebody leave their normal context 
and go into a different, a foreign context to them um, and to oftentimes learn a culture, learn a language, um, mm-hmm. build relationships in order to be able to present the gospel in a way that would make sense to the people in that different culture. And then the goal would be to establish churches there that then can do the same thing that we're trying to do here, that they mm-hmm. can reproduce um, where the members are then going out and evangelizing other people in their own context. And it's really key, as um, Elizabeth defines that for you, because what we've learned over the years and what we've wrestled with over the years is when everything is defined as missions, yeah, yeah. I mean, when you first hear that, you're thinking, well, then that's that's designed for somebody else who's called, because mm-hmm. last thing I'm going to do is you know be able to reach across cultural, religious, ethnic, and geographical barriers. Yeah. So that's for somebody else to do. You know, for the professionals, we, we support missionaries, we send them, which is a great thing. Yeah. But um, so it helps. I think it helps. And I love the way Elizabeth defined it. There's there is a difference between missions, as the Bible would define it, and what local outreach and evangelism, although evangelism is a key component yeah. of missions. So it, it was something that we really wrestled with. And I think we have a hard time communicating that mm. to Faith Bible Church. Yeah. But I think the distinction is really helpful. You know, obviously, you both have a passion to see people reaching their friends, their neighbors, their coworkers, all of those people. But those are all people that have the common culture, they have a common language, they have a common experience. And and then your your definition of missions that includes even people that are locally in our backyard. But there has to be some some overt attempt to overcome a cultural, a language. You know, we think of the Afghani refugees that are going to be coming soon that will likely have language barriers, cultural barriers, and intentionally reaching them. Um, rather than just kind of the, you know, we, we hear stories of, of missionaries going to China or something, and we're like, well, those super Christians somewhere are doing yeah, something, you know, sort job. of, yeah, <laughs> somebody's going to do that, right? Yeah. Maybe I can give it a little bit of money, which is good. Um, but I like your definition. I think it's very, very helpful to our people and help, helping them understand conceptually, but also practically, how to get involved well, you know, in this idea. To, to me, that's exciting because God um, has, he's a local global God, if you will. He has brought how many different unreached people groups yeah. to Lincoln? Yeah, we have, we have over 40 different people groups represented here, and many of those are unreached. Yeah, many are unreached. Yeah. And it's like, okay, so it's like God says to me, all right, you you called my bluff on this. You're not you're not gonna go. You're not going to China. You're not going to Vietnam. But I'm gonna bring them to you. And so we all have to be faced with that and have to understand um, we can be missionaries while being local evangelists in our community. Mm, very much so, listeners. If any of that piques your interest, let me just remind you: November 14th, we have an informational meeting on the Afghani refugee opportunity. It'll be taking place during our second hour service. In the fellowship hall, we'd encourage you to come and participate in that if you're interested in a little more information on this. But I want to keep moving on that because I want to dive in to this subject a little bit more um, because there's a reason you guys have landed on the particular philosophy of missions, these definitions, and it's motivated by Scripture. You know, so what are some key motivations in the missions ministry? You've you've touched on it already as far as some of these pieces, and then how does Scripture inform those specifically? Um, well, as we look at these, uh, we. There's a lot that's gone into this. So um, we saw in the New Testament um, Paul going around and preaching the gospel to different places. And when he goes to these different places, so they're right there preaching the gospel. That's key. That missions is preaching the gospel. There's a lot of other good things that Christians are called to do Mm -hmm. um, that aren't necessarily missions, but we see the focus on bringing the gospel to people is missions. Um, And then he was moving on to places where the gospel hadn't yet come. Um, He saw that as his mission. Um, And so that's part of what has influenced us is taking the gospel to those places 
where the gospel has not yet come. And then you see such a strong focus on establishing churches in those areas. He didn't just evangelize, run off, um, but Mm -hmm. the goal was then to see a a strong church um, going back, strengthening those churches, appointing elders in those churches, and then um, those churches actually began to reproduce and reach out into those other areas and and start new churches in those areas. So I think that has been a lot of what has influenced us. Yeah, you're right. And we have, um, I think everybody has the typical passages of Scripture that we we tend to quote, we tend to use Matthew 28, 18 through 20, where he says, all authority has been given to me um, in heaven and earth. And then he he says, go, you know, and make disciples. Mm -hmm. I think one of the, the interesting things is when you look at that is that it's a command that he's given mm-hmm. to us. It's not a suggestion. It's not a, well, yeah. it's up to you, the yeah. choice you want to make it. So It's convenient. It's right? convenient. Mm-hmm. You know, but, like. but what's so cool about it is that a sovereign God has the authority to command us to go. Yeah. Not only has the authority to command us, but he also gives us and then enables us with the power to do exactly what Elizabeth was mm-hmm. saying So and sharing. So... I think that's exciting. And one of the verses that really drives me, and maybe you're going to touch on this later. I've lost track of our questions, but I love, I love Revelation um, 7, 9 through 10, yep. because he highlights very clearly every nation, every tribe, every people, every language, and they'll be standing before the throne of God, worshiping him. And so, you know, I look at that and I go, okay, whose responsibility is that? Mm -hmm. Um, It's our responsibility. It's Faith Bible Church's responsibility. It's the responsibility of the church. The church is God's plan A for taking the gospel to the the nations. And we, I know Elizabeth's heart and our missions team's heart, we just desire so much to to see that be the heartbeat of Faith Bible Church and and get excited about that. Mm. I I love that theme in Revelation 7. and, and it's such a cool it's such a cool picture to think of that as kind of the undoing of the sin in Babel. You know, the yeah. idea that the, the people had united around what? Not a worship of the holy God, but a worship of themselves. As a, as a result of that sin, God comes in and he spreads out their languages and he splits them all over the world, knowing that ultimately his, his purpose is to see those people come back together, united behind their one true Christ, praising God in all languages, tongues. I, I, the picture is incredibly inspiring from Revelation 7. Okay, so you've got this theme of preaching the gospel, you've got this theme of focusing on unreached people groups, and then obviously establishing churches, which I think is a really, really critical one. Probably people are familiar with kind of um, momentum approaches in, in missions where it's like everybody gets excited and we can replicate quickly, but establishing healthy local churches to perpetuate that ministry because that's God's plan you know, for the world, I think is a really, really important emphasis that most people probably don't take for granted um, when they're thinking about missions. Okay, so let's, let's shift gears here a little bit away from the philosophical, and let's try and get a little bit more practical for people here when they're talking about the day-in and day-out activity that you're involved in leading the missions ministry. Uh, what is one significant challenge uh, it is in leading in this missions area in working uh, in missions? Wow. You don't want me started on this one. <laughs> we'll just see how long it left? ends up going, Mike. Because I, I really want Elizabeth to speak to it. And we highlighted, and Elizabeth did a great job of highlighting that when we first began this. Um, when everything is defined as missions, then we lose the, the concept or the idea of every tribe, every tongue, and every mm-hmm. nation. But we don't want to um, relieve ourselves of the responsibility that each of us have individually as a church, but then individually. Um, so I got to be cautious when I, I talk about living life on mission, 
mission as opposed to missions. But I think, you know, every one of us should be living our life on mission. You know, as, as followers of Jesus, he has a purpose for us. He has a plan for each of us individually. And like I highlighted earlier, the, the Great Commission, I like the Gospel Commission, it's not a choice to consider. You know, if you're a follower of Jesus, we're commanded and we need to obey um, him. We need to obey Christ and his command to take the gospel and share that. What I love, you highlighted, I think, maybe you didn't, but I was thinking about the book of Acts. You got your Bible open to the book mm-hmm. of Acts. And I think what was so exciting for me when I read the book of Acts is that God primarily used ordinary people and he empowered them with an yeah. extraordinary power yeah. um, to proclaim the gospel everywhere. And as you read through the, the Acts, it's anonymous Christians. They were the ones who first took the gospel to Judea, to Samaria. Mm-hmm. Um, unnamed believers, they were the ones that started the church in Antioch. And from the church in Antioch, it was the base for missions to the Gentiles. Yeah. You know, and, and again, unidentified believers, everyday people, um, transformed by the power of God through his word and the Holy Spirit. And, and he's put, for me, that's one of the biggest challenges I have, is helping people discover the power of the gospel not only in their own lives, but as an opportunity to, be, to use that um, as a launching pad, if you will, to mm-hmm. share the gospel with family, with, with neighbors, with friends, with acquaintances. So mm-hmm. that, to me, is one of the biggest challenges. Yeah, I would say the same thing. My first thought was just helping people understand that each of us is called to make disciples. We don't all have the same role in that, but we're all called to do that. So some of us are called to be reaching here. Well, we're all called to be reaching where we are. Yeah. Um, and some yeah. of us are called to be going um, further, and those who aren't called to go further are still called to be um, really praying for the people who go and praying for the people who need to hear the gospel. And we're commanded to, well, Christ told us to pray that the Lord of the harvest would raise up workers yeah. for the harvest field. And so just really making that a priority in our prayers Um supporting it so living in a way you know maybe I don't have as much stuff as I could have because I'm going to direct some of my income um, Mm. to supporting people who are going or helping the gospel get to these places where it's not yet Um, so I think just all of those things just helping people see that we're all called to be a part of it we might not be called in the same actual role in that but we're all called to be a part of it Mm. Well, I love, if I can add to that, I love what she's saying because God, it's God's design for the church. Yeah. You know, we can't ignore that. And our passion, our desire is to, um, and one of the biggest challenges, how do we make, bring in an awareness to missions, to Faith Bible Church? You know, what does that look like? And it, it's God's design for his children. Um, disciples of Jesus, we, we cannot settle for anything less. Um, so I, and I love the fact when we're talking about missions and the cross-culture and the opportunities we have, we, we've, we've had the privilege through indigenous church planters, different yeah. workers yeah. all over yeah. the world that we support and that we encourage. And um, to see churches planted and to be able to strengthen those, help strengthen those churches. So we, we've found, I think we've been able to find great joy in um, being able to not only see churches planted, but how do we, once they're planted, how do we help strengthen those? Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's probably one of our biggest challenges is to make that awareness um, known to the faith family and, and to encourage them to, to, as Elizabeth just shared, mm-hmm. to join in on that, yeah. um, especially through their prayers, through their financial giving, but mm-hmm. not ignoring what God has brought to Lincoln. Mm-hmm. We can't ignore it. Yeah. Every believer is called to be a part of this task. Now, what part they have to play is a good question. I know last year when we did the cross conference for the young adults, which 
most listening probably didn't get the opportunity to go to. They, they made a comment in that that I found really helpful. They said, most of us kind of come to the question of missions with the idea of, am I called to go? Mm-hmm. Um, and they said, flip that. Like, the, the reality is we're all commanded to go. Right. The question is, why wouldn't I be called? And that, that can be, like, mm-hmm. that can be. And it's not all of us are called to a foreign mission field. Not all of us are called to the same ministry. But flipping that question puts the onus on us to, like, own that answer and own that responsibility. And even if God hasn't called me to go, he has called me to be involved in others going. And that's an important thing for us, uh, for us to consider. Okay, so the challenge is helping people understand this, to kind of wrap our you know, 21st century Lincoln, Nebraska, American minds around the fact that we are called to this task. Um, what about a high point? What, what is one of the joys that you get to see in, in missions in, in, at Faith Bible Church? I love being a part of missions, even in the role that I have, because I love getting to see what God is doing. Mm. Um, and just knowing that He has purpose to bring to himself worshipers from every nation and tribe and tongue and people, and that he is absolutely going to do that. And whatever I am currently working on might completely flop, but God is going to accomplish that purpose. And I think that brings um, just so much excitement to me to be able to be a part of that and to see what he is doing. Um, I love one of the things that I do here is uh, with Jen Sabran, we teach missions to the preschool and elementary kids. And when I go and start researching these different people groups and things that are happening so I can teach lessons to the kids, um, it has caused my faith to grow (laughs) so much um, and just my amazement at who God is and seeing how God has worked. Um, And I love seeing how God works through situations that seem so dark, humanly speaking. Um, So like when 9-11 happened, um, I would say being young, newlywed, just the age, that that really impacted me. And I really felt like my world has changed what is happening. Um, And since then, I have heard stories of how God used that to bring Muslims in Egypt to himself when that happened. And they said they wanted to research and say, prove that that wasn't really Islam. And through that research found out um, that they, they really didn't want to be a Muslim anymore, that they wanted to follow Christ and coming to Christ. It's like, what an amazing God to take mm. a situation that is so horrible and use mm. it to accomplish the purpose that he said he was going to accomplish, to bring worshipers to himself from yeah. these people. So when I see things like that happen, um, I think it just really makes my confidence in God and mm. what he's doing grow. So <laughs> it's really been good for my faith. Yeah, we just got done teaching through the Old Testament prophets in our Old Testament series class on Sunday morning. And one of the themes in the Old Testament prophets that I find fascinating is how often God looks at these prophets, these you know men of faith that we would look at as, look at what they were doing for the Lord, right? And he looks at them and he says, watch what I'm going to do. Yeah. He just tells them, watch what I'm going to do. Look what I'm going to accomplish. And so often we think, yeah. you know, it, it, it depends on us, it's on us, but more often than not, it's like God bringing us along and saying, look what I'm going to do here. Right. Watch, watch what I'm going to do. Praise me for what I'm going to accomplish. Cool. Front I, row seat. I Fun. think that along with that is just, um, since I interact now with a lot of missionaries, people who are on the field, mm. is seeing, you know, they're, um, they're ordinary people. Yeah. They have their own, their own problems and their own struggles, but seeing, getting to interact with people who really take the gospel seriously and the gospel yeah. has impacted them and changed them, and then just seeing them being willing to be used by God and seeing God work and um, do things. So it just really amazes me constantly that God would take us and just use ordinary people that aren't that great and accomplishes amazing purposes through us. Amen. Amen. How about you, Mike? Well, 
I don't. You can't add anything to what Elizabeth <laughs> just shared. But I've, I've, I'm, ex, I'm really excited about um, what Elizabeth and Jen are doing with yeah. the children's ministry. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as much as we wrestle with um, bringing mission awareness to the faith family as a whole, I, I, I know I'm confident that there's a generation coming who understands it, who gets it because of the ministry that Elizabeth has, that Jen has within the children's ministry and others who help yeah. in that area. So that's, that's one of the high points for me that really excites me. And one of the others is, quite honestly, um, I get the privilege of Zooming with some pastors in India and, and yeah. Ethiopia. And yeah. I've met these men personally, but to be able to encourage them and, and share with them. I was, I was asked to meet with these pastors to try and encourage them. And, and when the hour's up in our Zoom call, it's, I'm the one walking away encouraged, mm-hmm. like Elizabeth said. It's just so, it's so fun to see um, how God um, is using Faith Bible Church in ways that, sadly, maybe we haven't done a great job of communicating, mm-hmm. but how God is using the families of Faith Bible through their faithful giving to reach people in, in multiple parts of the world. Um, and I don't know how to bring that awareness any better, mm-hmm. um, but that's, that's exciting to me. And, and then the last thing, I remember being in Ecuador with some students, and we were working. I had the privilege of speaking to some Quechua pastors, and it was being translated, whatever I had to say. So I have no clue if he, <laughs> if he translated what I was trying to share. But I, I remember asking um, Pastor Daniel at the time if there was... Man, I'd love to learn Quechua. I'd love to learn Spanish someday. And he looked at me honestly, and he said, Mike, there's no cho- no chance that you'll ever learn Quechua. I'm not sure how to take that. <laughs> it wasn't very encouraging t- to me, but I, that's okay, because what I was excited about, that someday the three of us will stand before the throne. Mm-hmm. I will understand every language. I'll be able to maybe speak the language, mm-hmm. but I'll understand the language, and together we'll be worshiping the one who sits on the throne. Mm-hmm. And, and I figure, okay, maybe I won't learn Kichwa, but <laughs> I will one day be with my Kichwa brothers and sisters who are praising and worshiping God. Hmm. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a cool thing to see, admittedly. Listeners, um, if, if this is something that you're interested in that you haven't, you know, you're just not familiar, that you're, 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 sim- you're resonating with what Mike is saying, that you're just like, I just don't even know what's going on in this area, I'd encourage you a couple of things. Number one, catch Mike. I'm sure Mike or Elizabeth would love to share with you a little bit more about what what Faith Bible Church is involved in, in missions, uh, especially foreign missions, India and Ethiopia, some of those places that you're talking about. Also, keep keep an eye out. Quarterly, we offer missions highlights on Sunday morning where we highlight a local outreach opportunity or a foreign missions opportunity. And the, the information that's shared there is fascinating and so encouraging, um, as, as you've gotten to hear, uh, like what you're talking about. Um, lastly, as, as we're talking about involvement in missions, as we're talking about how to, how to have people be involved in what we're doing, obviously one of the most practical things people can be doing is they can be praying for your teams, for the missionaries that we support, for local outreach opportunities, for you guys. Um, so what, what, what is one way that people can be practically praying for this area of missions in our church? Uh, I would say just for the, for the Missions Council, um, we have a team of people that leads missions of faith, that you would pray that um, we would be led by God's Spirit, um, that we'd be keeping in step with His Spirit, and under His direction as we look at, there's so many good opportunities, good things that we could do, mm-hmm. so what is the best that we should be doing? Um, and then I'd also encourage people, We back in March, we distributed a prayer guide for unreached people groups in Lincoln, Muslim people groups in Lincoln. Um, and I would just encourage people to pull those out and dust them off if needed and yep. keep praying for those people. There's a reason that God has brought those people 
um, right here into our neighborhoods. Um, so keep praying for those people's salvation and for those who are working to bring the gospel to them right yeah. now. Yeah. Don't, don't get discouraged, listeners, if you lost track of the Ramadan prayer guide at one point. Uh, the young adult group that I lead just finally finished praying through the 16th week on this. But well, somebody made a good, insightful comment. They were like, you know, time doesn't really matter when it comes to prayer. And so the guys got it in charge. We, we, we were a little scared we weren't going to finish until the next time Ramadan rolled around. But we managed to get it done earlier than that. Um, but I love that encouragement. Prayer is good anytime. Obviously, yeah. Ramadan is when we focused. But uh, it's a great yeah. guide. Listeners, if you got a copy, do pick it up. It's a great place to start. Mike? Yeah, we, again, I just value what Elizabeth said. Prayer is key, and praying for the Missions Council is is, uh, a must because we, especially, you know, this time of year, we're working through the budget process at Faith Bible. Um, because of the how we've come together and, and as we believe through the scriptures, the Lord's helped us define missions, we've had to make some difficult decisions. You know, and, and we do have at times limited resource. God doesn't, but sometimes we do to yeah. work with. And then, so, you know, how do we accomplish, how do we seek out accomplish uh, what his will is from his word and from our definition of missions, what we believe he's defined? And, and how, do we, how do we meet those needs? How do we increase our, those opportunities? And does he want us to increase those opportunities? Mm-hmm. And sometimes we have to say no to some really great things. But, but that's okay. I mean, God knows and God's spirit is going to empower and work through that anyway. So I think that's, that's key. And, and pray that um, I wish and I hope people would reach out to us and ask. Yeah. Um, because, you know, over a cup of coffee... I won't drink coffee. But <laughs> over some kind of, you know, a, a Diet Coke or Diet Pepsi or something, sit down with them. And I know Elizabeth would love to do it. We just love to share um, from God's Word and, and from Faith Bible's perspective on missions and how they can get involved. And pray, too, because we you mentioned it, Brad, you know, the Afghani families that are coming mm-hmm. to Lincoln. And, and November 14th, another plug for that, we'll be having an informational meeting on helping families and individuals maybe see how they can engage yeah. and be a part of that process. So we, we need wisdom. Um, yeah. We need workers. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, the, the, the prayer is the key. Very good. Well, listeners, like I said, we'd, be encouraged, we'd encourage you to be involved in praying for this missions area, to be involved in praying for our missionaries, for the Missions Council, for discernment. And on behalf of the church and, and the elders, I just want to thank you both for your faithful stewardship in that area. I know you guys put a lot of time and energy into making the right calls as far as there's always more opportunities. It's always difficult trying to figure out where we spend our time, where we spend our energy, where we spend our, our finances as a church. And so thank you for your oversight in that area and for all the time you put into it. Well, with that, it's about time to wrap up. Any, anything we didn't cover, any final thoughts, things you'd like our listeners to know or that you'd like to leave them with? I think there's so much it wouldn't fit in a podcast. So, yeah, we would love to talk. Just come find us. Come find us. We'd love to sit down with you. To be continued. Hopefully, this has piqued your interest, listeners. Like I said, we'd encourage you to stop Mike or Elizabeth if you see them in the hall, have a conversation, grab a cup of coffee, something with them. They'd love to share a little bit more on it. And that's it for this week's episode. So, thanks for listening in. Let me just remind you that this coming Sunday, we will be jumping into Hebrews 4, looking at the first 10 verses where we highlight God's rest and and that gift, that rest opportunity for us as well. Well, uh, I encourage you to be reading that passage ahead of the message on Sunday. We hope you join us at either our 9 o'clock or 1030 hour. And thank for taking the time to join us for this week's podcast. If it's been helpful to you, just be reminded you can always share it, rate it, or comment on it to help other people find it. And we hope you join us again next week for Midweek in the Word. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. 
To learn more about Faith Bible Church, please visit our website at www.faithbiblelincoln.org. You can also find us on Facebook by searching for Faith Bible Church, Lincoln, Nebraska, or on Twitter at the handle at FBC Lincoln. As for this week, we'll leave you with Paul's words to Timothy. But you, man of God, flee from all this and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of the faith.